Well, hello. Welcome to this 21st episode of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And today, uh, the subject matter is about social anxiety and also emotional ability and problems that have, you know, kind of possibly uh, been a big issue for many of us that have had concussions, mal-traumatic brain injury, post-concussion syndrome, traumatic brain injury, and even severe and acquired brain injury as well. Um, So what do we mean by kind of like social issues, social problems? Well, first of all, I think that all of you that are listening to this, if you are sufferers, of uh, mild traumatic brain injury, post-concussion syndrome, prolonged post or persistent post-concussion syndrome, or traumatic or severely traumatic, or any type of brain injury, you will know uh, to some extent the issues that this presents for people. And um, for those of you who are listening, who are caregivers or parents or family members or or spouse or or, or kind of lovers or partners or or whatever of somebody that has post-concussion syndrome, then uh, you may well be on the other side of that wall. It's kind of like a wall that divides us in some ways. Uh, Hopefully in the long term, it will not be a a division. Um, But yeah, there's definitely at least two sides possibly three sides to every story and to every every factor with post-concussion syndrome. Uh, and so I, I want to talk first of all, um, before I go into greater detail, about how this was a, a difficulty for me. Um, I had my injuries in August 2006 and uh, I, I, I had like two concussions within, uh, this, within the space of 10 minutes. I fell once and then twice, and then literally these these kind of issues, these social anxiety and problem issues, hit me straight away. I remember going back home and uh, uh, kind of cleaning myself off, and and kind of even the next day. Uh, I think the next day, um, my friend came around actually, and and we were meant to go to like a, a festival, music festival. Uh, or something that was on, and but we went all the way there and couldn't get tickets and couldn't get in, and ended up um, kind of socialising in the area around where where the the festival was. Um, but that was the first time that I started to feel, for the first time in my life, really kind of like weird and 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 kind of weird anxiety around uh, <coughs> around being around people. Um, and it was very strange, uh, but for a while I, c- I could kind of suppress it. And as the week, days and weeks and months went on from there, it got way and way worse. Within um, <clears throat> weeks of that, I started to have problems in my work. And the people that had, I'd only just started a new job about two or three months before. And so uh, they didn't accommodate what happened to me, and um, I found myself in a, a well, what you call like a, 
a bit of a pickle in a really, really bad situation. Um, I think that the worst thing was uh, not having any understanding and then still trying to have to fit into the social context of the workplace. Um, I'd come from another company, we're doing the same thing, a similar thing, uh, and that then, you know, tried to adapt and fit in. Uh, but this just threw me, not just sideways, but up, up and down and all over the place. And um, I don't think that, I, I, there was no way I was prepared for that. I might have kind of been expecting something to happen that was different, but this this was just um, pretty savage. So in terms of social anxiety uh, and, and social problems, um, it's often going to be uh, the, at a point in your life when I feel that you, you're going to really be struggling in other ways and you might not see that. I certainly, I, I, I think I did see it to an extent that I was struggling in other ways. Um, but I, I found that through my own maltraumatic brain injury, from my own concussions, that it really exacerbated things. It made things a lot worse and a lot more hard to deal with. And, and I think it's, it's, it's so easy to get thrown off balance. And I don't think this is something that's talked about in society enough. I don't think that it is um, uh, because it's such a taboo. It's such a dark subject. You know, what if you got a head injury? What if you had, couldn't work and you could, were not the same person anymore? Oh, people don't want to talk about that. All right, no, maybe they can talk about cancer or diabetes or uh, MS or other things as well because, you know, there's all the charities and all the help and all the kind of issues and things to, to, to kind of uh, set up to try and uh, socially help people deal with those. But there isn't for PCS. And I'm sorry uh, to, to kind of be so explicit in this, but if you start talking about your head injury or brain injury, then... You know, quite often you can be very, very um, uh, ostracised or, or kind of put out in the cold. So, yeah, socially, um, the social anxiety can begin um, right from the first second, the first minute that you, you kind of do have the injury. I know it did with me. Um, like I said, um, even the next day or, or like even days after, uh, several days after I had like friends come around to see me and they were all kind of like looking at me and I was looking at them and like well I, I feel alien to you I don't feel like I, c I can relate to you and they were just like I told them what had happened and they, they kind of looked at me like um, you know what you know I, we don't get it <laughs> don't get it at all um, so you obviously, if you listen to this and you have had PCS, you've had a, a mild or traumatic brain injuries, you will understand that feeling, and you will you will you will note notice how uh, that sense of alienation contributes even further to the uh, sense of social anxiety. And so, then uh, this leads us on to. Uh, your context within your workplace, within your family life, 
and within situations, in, in social situations. And what I found was uh, for a short while um, afterwards, uh, because I self-medicated and I, I could kind of like, um, kind of force myself to be out there, uh, that I wasn't entirely socially cut off uh, for long periods of time. But for short periods of time, I could go out with people, I could be there, I even made some new friends, possibly. Uh, some of them good, some of them not so good, uh, because my judgment was impaired, obviously. Um, but then, you know, there, there were issue, uh, other issues that were just like, well, uh, kind of spiralling out from there. But I didn't see that at the time, and most people won't see that. They won't kind of get the issue, issues and things um, too far after the event, and that is a real problem. Because you're there thinking that you can cope, you think you know what you're going to do, and you think you know that the people around you are going to respond, but they don't. And then if you add other things into the mix, if you add a lack of social judgment, ability to cope, and I know uh, we all come from different backgrounds. I come from like kind of lower social working, you know, kind of working class background and uh, other people in the groups are middle class and kind of quite well off or, or you know, all kinds of areas in all types of countries, all types of places. And, you know, not everybody's going to understand uh, and, and appreciate everybody else's situation. That's a given fact. That's an absolute fact. But um, you've got to accept where you are, yeah, in a different situation. All of the time you're going to be in a different situation. There's very few people that are going to have exactly the same experience. Whereas with me... I was oh, 33 years old, still single, well, just single, and no children yet, and no family, you know, kind of no real close support network, and that was just something that I had to deal with, whereas other people will have the family and the spouse and, and children and wider family around them or friends or, or kind of historical friendships that they've got as well but um, that's really something that each of us has to work out for ourselves you know how, how those people fit into our future journey forwards so the, the social angle of it again which this is all about is thinking about um, how those relationships change they're going to alter in some way or another massively. I think you could possibly think, uh, even in the best case scenario, you could think of maybe two or three people in your life pre-injury that would still be there for you several years later who wanted to or did or could try to understand what you're going through. Uh, that's that's like kind of like the worst case scenario. If you're lucky, you may have one or two, you know, three, four more. Um, but that 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 can be very kind of like divisive subject to discuss. In terms of um, finding new relationships and finding new people to be with, 
following your brain injury, following the post-concussion uh, diagnosis, they can then be presented, as we've talked about in, in previous podcasts, uh, a whole different set of chapters and uh, kind of issues and things that you got to deal with. <clears throat> One of the main things I found uh, that has come up again and again for people is the fact that uh, once you've had post-concussion syndrome or TBI, MTBI, anything else, is that your judgment can like be reset. You can really find that um, your ability to judge people is reset back to day one. And uh, I certainly did find this as well. I think after I was first injured back in August 2006, I went through a period of, of over three years where I was completely celibate, completely didn't want anything to do with any kind of personal relationship. I was, was really not interested at all. Uh, and it was actually possibly one of the happiest times of my life. Um, although in, in some ways, in other ways it wasn't because then I had to deal with further uh, concussion as well. But in terms of personal relationships, it was a happy time. Uh, and then when I did go back into the so social kind of side of relationships, I found real struggle. And um, I had to really, really, I, I was getting kind of like really far behind. <laughs> and this is like in the late 20-noughties. So I was like really, really having to catch up with things. I think by the time we got to about 2010 and 11, I was still trying to catch up. Um, and although I did have a, a couple of short relationships, they were um, quite, um, yeah, tumultuous and quite, quite kind of, um, kind of fiery. Um, after that, um, yeah, I still had issues. And what I want to say to you is long term, in terms of your personal relationships, your love relationships and close relationships is that, well, you could find yourself, uh, because PCS, I find, pushes you from your left brain logical state into your right brain more. And when you get into right brain more, you become more creative, more empathic, more open, more kind of kind of free to... to, to kind of uh, discuss and talk about your feelings and things. So when you've had that, you can be more open to uh, narcissists, narcopaths, as, I, as we call them, uh, people who are sociopaths as well. It could be manipulative uh, with the covert or overt narcissistically, and they're, they're looking to just find the next dinner, the next lunch, somebody to feed off of and... Uh, somebody that's kind of very empathic or, you know, kind of recently brain injury could, could be a, a good candidate for them. So they can just see you as fair prey, fair game. And in a social sense, they could flirt with you. They kind of might want to come on to you. They might want to give, you know, kind of give you some, some sense that they're, they're good for you. Uh, and in your state of still early days of recovery, you could be very vulnerable to that. So I want to say to you, be very, very careful, um, particularly until you feel that you've really, truly recovered. Um, so in, in social terms, 
uh, you have to be very, very astute. You have to really, really uh, get to terms with things. And I think that you have to educate yourself. Um, it only happened to me after suffering uh, a, a narcissistic, a covert narcissist abusing me uh, violently, emotionally, psychologically, financially, in every way possible, um, just really, really destroying my life. Uh, and then turning around and saying to me, oh, well, you know, you're you're the bad person, you know. You're you're that horrendous person, um, and the, you know the, those those types of people are really ruthless. They kind of pursue you, uh, and they will kind of keep pursuing you until you cut the game off. So you have to be really really careful, um, because, like I said, I personally feel that following. A maltraumatic or, brain, or traumatic brain injury and post-concussion syndrome, you are far, far more likely to fall for that type of person's pitch. And when they pitch at you, you're going to be in a vulnerable mode, you're going to be in a vulnerable place. So in terms of social anxiety, um, they could just like ramp everything up times a thousand and you would never even know. And then two or three years down the line, you could be absolutely, really, really in a massively mentally, horrifically bad state emotionally as well. So what else? What else with friends and associates and, and work colleagues as well? Uh, well, to do with social anxiety, with family. Family, um, what I found is uh, family generally they can or cannot I'd say probably about 70% don't get what you're going through maybe 30% might get some of it but watch out because this is where the ones that are in any type of narcissism or, or kind of borderline personality disorder or are having their own kind of emotional personality problems will try to kind of force you down. They will try to come at you and and either gaslight you, uh, so make you feel even worse about yourself because of your brain injury or because you can't behave the way that well that that what what's in their heads is is nobody's business. But that they will try to find a way to kind of put you outside yourself so you feel so ashamed and guilty and dirty. Um, and I want to say, yeah, if anybody does that to you, just no matter who they are, whether it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, anybody, um, get get out of there. Don't stay there. Um, if they keep doing it to you, definitely get out of there. Don't even try to change that. Don't try to fight back. Don't try to argue back. Don't try to kind of think that you can change their mind because that's not what it's about. If they are doing that, if they're gaslighting you, if they're, they're, they're kind of trying to hurt you, uh, or manipulate you in any way to say that you should be different or that you're not trying hard enough or you're not good enough or you're, you're kind of, uh, there's nothing wrong with you or you're just pretending, then just get the F out of there. Seriously really as quick as you can 
kind of fight, look where the hills are. If you can imagine that situation where that person, even if it's your mum or your dad, your sister, your brother, anybody, even if it's your partner, you know, kind of take a look out the window, right? And uh, unless you're living somewhere that's completely flat, look for the nearest hills or mountains or anywhere, and then take an angle and run and go for the hills and don't go back, don't look back. Uh, I know this may not always be the best advice or what you want to hear. I may not always be the most convenient uh, advice for you, but it is probably the best thing you can do. Right, so what else? And the work situation. Right, in the work situation, uh, you're going to have, right, so you've got co-workers, you've got associates, colleagues, bosses. Oh my, this is, again, a, a bigger can of worms, really big can of worms for you. So uh, in terms of the people that you work with that are on your level or the people that you used to get on with, um, as long as I think as long as you try to associate to them on a similar type of level, um, yeah, it's going to be difficult sometimes because with emotional ability and so on, you, you, you're sometimes going to get upset or, or, or laugh inappropriately at the wrong things or, or kind of say the wrong things inappropriately. Um, but if, if you give, give your real, real effort to try to um, uh, be, be there and present with them, then you can keep some, you kind of keep up with some of them, but don't, please don't bend over backwards to try and to, to fit in if you can't, um, because you know you may have symptoms of depression or anxiety that are too much, that are kind of like clinically really too much, and of course, yeah, you should never try to be something that you're not either. Uh, in terms of um, like superiors and bosses and people as well. Well, they're always going to be uh, either your greatest ally or your biggest enemy. It depends on how your relationship was with them before. If before you had a good relationship, like, uh, you know, you kind of related closely, then that might be okay because you can kind of continue a dialogue and be fairly honest. And even if that leads to, in the end result, you having to uh, kind of uh, leave your position or leave your job or whatever, then at least that person will respect you more or they'll try and help you to ease your transition out. Uh, but it's like whether what I found was I didn't have anybody like that in my work and um, the people that I worked for were just um, reptilian scumbags, basically. Um, by the time I got there, they, they were just uh, bullied me, coerced me, uh, tried to blackmail me into getting out of the job, tried to make me leave. And, um, you know, when I did kind of complain, took down a complaints procedure, uh, they uh, just negated it all and denied it all. And then they waited to my birthday and then they uh, kind of suspended me on my birthday and, and stole like you know, kind of like my last two two months' wages off me, which meant that I lost lost my house and couldn't pay my mortgage. So you've got to be very careful. I wasn't so careful, but I was in a bad environment with bad people, bad psychopathic, narcissistic, horrible reptilian scumbags. But for most of you, 
you're probably going to have a lot more understanding, a bit more help, at least at work. So think about that as well. On the other side, yeah, if, if, if they don't understand, then give them the worst case scenario. And then if you have a union or if you have somebody that can help you, then try and get them involved as well because those people will always want to take part in what's going on. Um, I think my issue was I'd only been in the place a few months. Whereas if you're in somewhere a year, two, three, four years or more, then you're going to have more rights depending on the country that you live in, whether it's the USA, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Europe or wherever it is. Um, but I had no rights basically, so I was just fair game. And they um, kind of like skinned me and then crucified me. So <laughs> um, in the end, it wasn't so bad because uh, I pr probably still need to be living where I was living and probably still couldn't afford it at that point. And then it, it kind of went another way. So, yeah, um, in terms of social anxiety as well and, and, and dealing with that too, is like, yeah, think about the longer picture. I had that, and it was like, yeah, in that time, like, you know, kind of mid-2007, uh, when this company got rid of me, I was like, I was terrible, my world's ending, this is horrible, and then, you know, they kind of suspended me and stole two and a half months' wages off me. I was like, well, fuck, this is the end of everything, and uh, shortly after that, I, I, I could just really, I just gave up, and I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. And I gave up and just let go of things. And then uh, eventually, just very quickly after that, managed to sell, you know, get rid of my house and, and, and get on with things um, and kind of move on to the next stage. Uh, and it wasn't that painful in the end. It was just like, well, emotionally it was tough, but... Um, I don't think, you know, you're not going to go through much worse than that, kind of losing your job, your house, you know, kind of some of your friends and things. You know, I know some people do when they've got a worse brain injury, but uh, it was kind of like, well, if this is the worst it gets, then I'll just buckle in and, and go on for the ride. So, yeah, also think about um, your long long-term friends as well with this and I'm thinking about um, people you've known all your life from school, early school days from college days uh, past work as well um, these are people you might want to approach in a different way in a slightly different manner where you might want to say to them well you know um, <clears throat> write them a letter write them an email have a long phone conversation with them but please don't try to do it over social media I know Facebook is our medium for the this type of thing, and um, you know it's it's the one that people try to use all the time, and it negates everything else. But please, please, please try and do some things the old-fashioned way because that that's obviously a, a lot better for all of us. Um, and then thinking about. Um, Children too, so you, you interactions with children, so your own children, other people's children. Um, it depends on how old they are, I guess. If they're very young, then they're not going to care how you've changed. You know, if they're two, three, four, five years old, or, or even up to 10, 12 years old, they're not going to care that you've had a brain injury. 
if you're right with them, if you're pure and honest and open with them, they will just see you for who you are. And so that's the easiest relationship to deal with. Uh, when it's teenagers and above, then, you know, teenagers, you know, they're, they're much better um, at understanding. If you explain things to them properly, they'll, they'll get it. Um, but then, you know, going the older you get, I think possibly sometimes the harder it can be. And there's also the reverse of that as well. For those of you that are listening that are in the caregivers and parents groups on Facebook, is that if, if your teenagers and children have had the brain injury and the post-concussion syndrome, then, you know, you're, you're the ones trying to figure it out the opposite way. So all I would say to you then if you're in that situation is, yeah, just, just um, that let them lean on you and you lean on them as well you lean uh, not lean lean on them in a bad way but lean on them for information how are you feeling what what do you want from you know what do you want from your future what do you want from your recovery how, how can we help you um in, you know don't try and impose a regime on them just let them say well you know be let them be totally honest about what they want and and vice versa as well so uh, yeah, that's that's probably quite a bit. Um, again, with the, the the short podcasts on specific topics, I, I don't want to give you too much. Um, but while I'm here uh, on this same subject as well, I want to read you out this uh, message which came, which was just uh, this really set me off just yesterday. Got this by uh, uh, a messenger and. Uh, this is a lady who lives in Greece, which in Europe, and um, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing because English was she's trying to converse in English, which was was great of her, good, fantastic of her. Um, but what she says was, um, she lost two children, um, one in for the first few months of life. And uh, she lost another child, age four. But in between, she had a, a head injury. She had post-concussion syndrome. And um, it, it literally, she's saying, what, from what I'm gathering, what she said, she decimated her life. She was really, really distraught, this poor lady. And uh, she came from southern Greece. And um, what she's saying was, um, after that, she had severe social anxiety, severe trauma, uh, and really had some other terrible issues. I won't go into them. And she told me in great detail, but I'm, I'm not going to repeat them here because um, A, people would think it was just too terrible, but, um, you know, B, uh, certainly she she ha has had to get on with her life. Um, so she came over to uh, the UK as well, and started a new life um, without a former husband and with no children, uh, but still with post-concussion syndrome. And um, she's found it really difficult um, coming here with those injuries, that, that problem. And uh, back in Greece, she was fairly well qualified. She had quite a good job and everything else. I won't tell you what she did. She's asked me not to say. Uh, but coming over here, now she works in like supermarkets and she works in convenience stores and things. Um, 
and but she's found uh, the, the calls and the groups and the podcasts. She said, I found your podcast the other week. Uh, a, a, a friend uh, a, a told her about it and, and she was really, really grateful, really happy to to kind of hear that, um, you know, there was something there she could listen to. And so in some ways she's had a, such a terrible time, um, but she's found great comfort um, I don't know, my voice probably puts people to sleep, but she's saying thank you for, for doing that. And she particularly uh, liked the uh, chats and the interviews that we've done. So like with um, Katie and Laurie and uh, uh, Teresa and Brian and so on, she's listened to all of those, she's saying, and, and she loves the fact that uh, the people from the groups uh, have got involved and, and, and going to do that. So I agree with her. Uh, and that's really fantastic. So thank you very much um, f- for sending what was a really emotional and really, uh, yeah, kind of like soul-revealing message in there too. Uh, there's another gentleman um, uh, from London that's uh, written in, <laughs> I won't say how or who he is or whatever, but he just uh, wanted to say um, regarding uh, the podcast that we did on uh, recently on uh, CPTSD and PTSD uh, was that he uh, had oh, issues from childhood. He had like physical abuse in childhood and things as well and then had a series of uh, head injuries from the age of like between he's saying between 8 and 28 I think he's now in his mid-30s um, and really really found difficult to cope with um, but since he's saying since finding uh, like the podcast he's, he's, he's found uh, a, bit, a bit of hope and a bit of uh, kind of encouragement from what's been said. And he also says thank you for for not um, uh, not making, I don't understand quite, he says, but he says thanks for not making, it, not making the podcast politically correct. So I think he means for not kind of mincing words and for not, not um, kind of um, backing off from the subjects and so on. So that's really good as well. Um, so thank you. Uh, you know, it's always good for when somebody comes to, on to, to kind of uh, give you some encouragement and say, well, you know, don't don't stop what you're doing. Uh, so that's probably it for now. I'll leave it there because, yeah, um, emotional subjects, emotive subjects, possibly best to keep them a little bit shorter. Right, so future podcasts, I think... Um, uh, James from uh, Canada is possibly going to come on and talk to us very soon. I know Brian Starr's going to come back and, and do a, a couple more podcasts and maybe even to raise and some of the others as well. So, yeah, he's going to keep going and going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's going to keep rocking on. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening once again. And for those of you listening for the first time, if you want to find us on Twitter, the handle is at Postconcussion. On Facebook, you can look us up as Postconcussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide. Uh, on myself, David Bottomley. 
Uh, you can also find us at postconcussionsyndromeawarenessuk.wordpress.com. Uh, and of course, in all those options, there's uh, uh, we're on Anchor, Castbox, Apple, uh, Spotify, all the, the usual podcast um, kind of places as well. Any of them, just just click on the uh, option to message or send a voice message, and you know you can get to us really quickly. So thanks for your your help and your input, and I really really look forward to uh, talking to you again with some more great guests really soon. Thank you so much. Goodbye. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in Well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community, community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way, please do your own research, your own re- um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-conquistion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't, please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcast. And uh, this summit is 24 of them now, at least, and, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you. <laughs>